0: All right, good morning. So, what we discussed last week, is we discussed Shmuel and Abaya. When they were that they would go check out their their estates um, every day, and we tied. We spent some more time discussing on Abaya, his learning schedule, right? Because Gamar like, mentioned that that uh, he was having potentially a chavrusha uh, and and that chavrusha depended on his on his ability to uh, to figure out a problem with the, uh, with the with the way the river ran, That was more in Gitten. said that he ended up not being very happy with the solution that B'sim Barashi put into place, because Absum Barashi had effectively said one thing to the people at the top of the river and one thing at the people at the bottom of the river, and therefore um, he felt that it was not right because one was going to be an opinion of Rabb, one was going for the opinion of Shmuel. And so Abaya didn't have the fruits from that year. But if you recall, the, the point was, was to bring out that Abaya was working, right? Abaya had to learn by day. He would water his fields by night. And the whole approach of Rasim was that if he was able to water the fields for him, he ended up taking a shortcut approach, which wasn't Abaya wasn't happy with. But then Abaya would spare him in the nights, the nights which he normally would work, he would give it to him to learn with so again, another example of, of some of the greatest, of the greatest of Amiron showing how they worked. We also talked to Ravasi last last um, last what do you call last week? It was the moral said that he also was scientist of And he ended up one day finding a hole in a pipe and was able to block it off. I and mean, he was always wondering where was the the, the, the Issa that Shmuel said that you find if you check out your assets every day. Shmuel said, You're going to find the savings. It was my savings. I don't see any savings. It was a big savings that he was talking about. on that day, he found the pipe there that was burst. He put in his coat into it to stop the pipe and he called for help. And now he realized that when his field wasn't flooded. He was, his crop was saved. He had found the Issa that Shmuel said that you find if you take care of your assets. That's where we ended last week, and we spent a decent amount of time discussing Shrewas because of the beginning part of that Gemara with the places, Rambam, the whole Machlekes, six hours, three hours, how we get to that place. A then then This week, again, I'd like to connect it to Shrewas, which is coming up. So I thought the way I would do it is by bringing that to Gemara Babakama. Gemara Babakama says the following. Gemara says that Gemara says it's following. Gemara says, Shmuel, so we said, Shmuel was the one who signed right, Shmuel would check his assets every day. And what, what did Shmuel say about himself? He's vinegar, son of wine. His dad would check it, right, I would, Shmuel. He would check his assets twice a day. Shmuel only does it once a day. Nevertheless, um, right, so he's not as good as his dad. Shmuel was a busy guy, right? He was busy with the Sharmaka, right, he was busy with the king, he was busy being a, a doctor, he was busy being an astronomer, he was busy answering people's questions. He, he was a busy man. Nevertheless, he still made time to check his assets once a day. So here's the Baba Kama. Gemara says, Isele, Arise, Tamre. So his uh, Arisim, right, his uh, workers, they brought him... They brought him some dates to taste to see how they are. You know, see, see I guess for sale for, for making beer. I'm not sure exactly. They brought him. So what do we see from here? We ran out Shemuel works, right? He checks his asses. He see he has workers, right? has workers. So Achil, so he ate the, the dates. time the He tasted in the dates, a taste of wine. So he says, I'm laying my heist. This is very odd. We have dates and they're tasting like wine. What's going on? So I'm that say, said to him. Now, if he was signed, he checked his assets every day. How, how did he not see what he was about to say? I don't know. He had a lot of assets. Maybe it's a different time. I'm not sure, but he wants to know how is it possible these dates are tasting like wine? So say, the the worker says to him, "Well, maybe he did, he was signed next day remotely. In other words, he has a recent, right to take care of, but right? he's not actually gonna walk anymore. Yeah, that's what we get to in life, right? Managing investments. So, the, the less working time you have to put in, the more the more that you can have others do the work for you, the more leverage you have to do all the other things that he had. So, in this case, he has a, the, the Arisa comes to him with these dates. He says, I don't understand. So he says, He says, these dates are growing among these, uh, the date palms are in the middle of the grapevines. So, he says, um is not very happy with that, so says it's so interesting that he was able to get, impart such a taste to this. I cut down the date palm and let's see what's what's going on. I want to see the inside of the date palm. So obviously he has a very good sense of taste that he could taste it and he wants to do more due diligence and figure out what's going on. But the basic idea of why he wants to cut the date pump is what I thought is good for now. Why did I want to bring it up for now? I said I connected to Shavuos. What's the connection to Shavuos? The Gemara says, says that we have to, we have to lane Parshas Bamidbar before, before Martin McGill says you have to lane Parshas um, minbar before um, Shavuos, why? I mentioned this on Friday night, so I want to mention a different part of the Gemara. The right after asks, what do you mean? You have, to, I'm sorry, I mentioned this on Shabbos day. The Gemara says, I didn't mention this Gemara though. Uh, this part of the Gemara the says you have to say by you have to learn by midbar before Shavuos. Right? So the Gemara says, I understand when it comes to parashas Kisavai, they have to learn Kisavai. Before Rosh Hashanah, Kadesh thats a, that's Rosh Hashanah. What's the Rosh Hashanah when it comes to shivus? Right, if you go back to the Mishnah in the beginning, of Rosh Hashanah. What does the Mishnah tell us? There, are how many Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah right? What are the four Rosh Hashanah? Be'echa beniston is Rosh Hashanah Right. Be'echa right. be'el is Rosh Hashanah ma'asebeim. Be'echa betishia is Rosh Hashanah And be'echa betishia is the Rosh right. Hashanah right. for Ilanes. What's not mentioned? Shuot, nothing to do with shur, Yeah. So we have the next missioner there. The missioner says, "The Right. The fourth periods of the world is judged. What are the four periods? The Pesach Right. And the fourth, Says the Gemara, "Ani Na Rosh Hashanah." It's also Rosh Hashanah. So it comes out in my mind. It's very nice. It's it's a, it's clever, but not a hundred percent. Why? Because when if you compare the Abrosh shown to the program D'le Elam right? So Pesach, it works, right? That works. Tishrei and it's Rosh It works, right? So now we have Okay, Shavuos we're saying is Paris to Elam. And we, and we we don't and, and we're gonna say eh, it's aichar rosh Hashanah. We're gonna confess it, it's rosh hashana. What about sukkah? Sukkah is now we have two rosh hashanas. The rosh Shana, l'hashana marsh and now we have on sukkah we have the chag, then all of a we have mamish. And if you're chassidic, you know you have hashana is another rosh hashana, like you know it's like. So I don't know hundred percent, but that's what the gemara says. The gemara says that we consider shuas a type of hashana because that's when the elan is needed nidan al perase elan. I thought this would be a good segue to getting into Shua's topic. It goes back to the, that we talk here about paracelum. What did Shmuel want? When his arisa came in to complain to him about the, uh, not to complain, to bring him the date palm, and he tastes the wine, he says, cut down that date palm, I want to taste what's going on here. Says is the following. And you tell me if I'm reading too much into this thesis, well, we'll have a discussion about this thesis. Says the Bring me," he says. "The inside of his date palm," it says that's mashman the It seems pretty clear that he says that it's more valuable, to have the grapevine than to have the date palm. How's it, more, how's it obvious? It's cut down the date palm, right? It's obvious that the grapevine is more important. Yeah. The or frag I don't understand a Gemara The Gemara says. If somebody has a uh, Yerusha it comes down to them, they should buy with that. Number one, buy land. Right? The more is giving you investing advice. Buy land. Digli vilay. What happens if you if you have a choice? You can buy either date palms or trees. I don't know what kind of trees. Just trees. So dickly, buy buy date palms. Ilane vigufni. What happens if you have a choice between trees and grapevines? What should you buy? Ilani, we should buy trees. Alma Gufni Gray. So, what's the worst of the list? Is Karka, right? Is ilane right? Is Karka thickly ilane Gufni? What's the lowest on the list? Is the grapes? And we see me on here, Shmuel says the grapes is more valuable. That's Tais Kasha. says the big when it comes to the grapevines and when a person is going to be very medoctic in this farming of the grapevines, then you could become very successful. You could be a successful vintner if you if you really put in the effort to be mamish terach Harbe. ishtay. in the situation of the su where a person is not necessarily going to have that much interest in putting in so much effort. Because when you're gonna buy gafenim, you, you buy You have to put in so much effort and so much work. The baal wouldn't get put in so much effort into her, the chasim. So therefore, it would all be wasted. So therefore, we're saying in a specific situation of that person when it came to Yerusha to them by the wife. So he's saying don't spend a lot of time don't get good get the thing that's going to be able to retain its value with the least amount of effort on your part because at the end of the day it's not going to be the boss it's not going to he's not like he's not going to be my this asset to be able to keep it for himself right he's effectively it's her account right unless she's talking about dies before and it's effectively her account so he's helping her account so he's going to do what is going to be the most sustainable which is the least amount of headache for you because if it's going to be the most amount of headache you're not going to put in the time and it's going to end up the ebook. So therefore, on that, Gifanum comes out the least. So not that Gifanum are the worst. It's that Gifanum are the, the most dainty. They're the most needing TLC. Hmm? They're high maintenance, right? They're most high maintenance. So that's why that's the last on the list of things that you pick. You pick car coaches that you know, doesn't need anything. Then you have the Ziggly. The then you have the Ilani. Then you have the Gifanum the 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 date palms they really don't need any work and therefore it ends up being very very helpful because it effectively can grow and just do its own thing and you don't really need to take care of it so much i'm not sure it's 100 so true i was at a i mean i'm sure it's true but relatively speaking you still have to do work on the date palms right because you have the male palms you have the female palms you have to We have to bring this together in order to have more palms, right? If you go to these date farms in Israel, you can learn all about the date palms and how you get them, the medjool dates, right? These amazing, amazing dates, how much water they consume, how they handle shemitah. like fascinating, fascinating topics. Anyhow, so what what do I see from this tesis? What is tesis very keen on? Seems to be, and maybe I'm reading too deeply into it, but it seems to me that tesis is very keenly aware of how much work it takes to make grapes, to make right? Wine. To make wine. So, um, it keeps on reading the the Tesis. So, Mefarshu Tam. says in Bava Basra, the pares dates are are much sturdier. They are much hardier. They last much longer than grapes. When you're coming to deal with the, with, with, with um, assets that effectively belong to the wife, not to the husband. But he just has the right to them during their marriage. So be, being in Dover, Sky so we need something that lasts longer. So it seems to me that again, from my reading of this place, that thesis is very, very keen aware of grapes and how to make grapes and how difficult it is to make grapes. And this leads me to a to a um, notion that maybe some people heard of before. That's a common trope. That what was the business? The Balayatasis, right? They descend effectively, right? But and the, the the greatest of the Balayatasis coming from Rashi. That what was Rashi's profession? Right? The Rashi was a was a vintner, he was a wine, he, that's what Rashi did, right? That's what that's the, the legend. So I'm gonna read to you here a a, a line from Professor Kaim Salvechik. He's still alive, Rabbi Salvezik's son, um, and uh, he has now been publishing uh, his his um, his works um, that he's written over his life. Many essays called the collected writings. They're already on volume three of his essays. So he wrote the following. He says the presumption is against anyone being a wine grower in Troyes, where Ash was from. Because it's chalky soil, it is inhospitable to viticulture. The way the ground is in that area where Rashi was, you know Rashi sh- sure lived there, not because they Rashi there Rashi sure there, because that's all modern. That's no, that's not from the old times. But it's hundred percent that uh, France is well known for its wine growing ability, and it's not in that area. So it says very unlikely that Rashi was a uh, working in wine, and Rashi may have nevertheless still been a vintner, as he says. But by the same measure, he may have been exiled. That's what Salavachik wrote in his article. I remember reading it and laughing out loud. Okay, fine. There it goes punctured this idea that Rashi worked in one. But to me, this Tysus was like, oh, you know, Tysus seems like very keenly aware of it. In any event, I found an article um, from a professor in Mangurin University. And he titled it, how did Rashi make a living, right? And he goes through all the different things that people have said about Rashi over the years, but he concluded with something that I thought was very apropos to our topic here, which is Rashi's yeshiva was known as yeshiva go'en yakar, which is the same as the yeshiva's in babo, and Rashi was the head of the yeshiva. So it was like, like a copy and paste that you should be thinking about that successfully she was in bubble that were now being transplanted in Europe. And so he wants to say the following, this this professor's name is Mayor and in, in Ben-Gurion University in Beersheba. He said the following, he says that it may change the way we relate to our schools of Jewish learning and our programs for Jewish learning if we liberate ourselves from the view that Rashi, the Rabban shel Yisrael, our mentor par excellence, studying Torah, teaching Torah, and adding to the corpus of Torah literature was in effect a hobby rather than aspects of his fundamental profession. Once it is grasped that Rashi's Torah's activities were his profession, we may, then he goes on with this, uh, uh, a different uh, agenda, but his basic idea here is that Rashi was a Rashi Rashi was a rabbi, Rashi was a posek. not Rashi was a vintner and he happened to learn also. But again, there's no evidence that Rashi had his famous two daughters who were tilling, who were all nothing. These are all stories. We don't have evidence for these stories, but I found always that this Taisavis you know seem to indicate a little bit of of an expertise in wine in comparison to Dave palms. Has anybody ever seen Dave palms and you can see them growing in Israel, right? They, they have farms, but they also grow wild. They just you know do their thing. Um that's number one. Number two, as I said, we connect with to Schwarz because Schwarz isn't dead enough Elan that um Takes a little bit of, uh, of that connection. Three, we get to compare notes on whether or not Rashi was working or not. But now we get to our main event for today. And our main event for today happens to be on that very same Gemara, the very next Gemara is Gemara The Gemara says that Archizda was the following. The Archizda, he saw that the date palms were growing in. In the midst of the grapes, so what Shmuel had his Arisa come and tell him. Er see a Most likely he was being sirenifse. Most likely he was going to check out his assets. In fact, I have a Gemara. I can't prove it to you that it's hundred percent for sure. But the Gemara right before Bava on the page before, the Gemara says the following. The Gemara says that Rabbi Yehudah was kari lemane Rabbi Yehnan called his clothes, it's his honor. I took the clothing seriously. When I was in high school, I went to a high school, it's not really around. It. it was only around for like Mamash, I think it was only built, so I should be there. You know, it was only around for like 10 years. or the years I was there, maybe it was more than 10, I don't know. I think it was really only around for a short period. In fact, I met your brother there. I was a like, school <laughs> called YTT. And um, you also went there? I was in second last year. Uh, okay, so maybe when, when did you graduate? And I graduated in 96 or something. So I think it started like 92. It was shorter than ever. Yeah. But I don't think it started before the 90, 92 or 93. Right, I yeah, was pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so in this school, they had a, a they probably popular, but then it was like a big shock. You go to high school and they give you a handbook. Like, before you come into school, and the handbook had a lot of things. I don't remember any of them, but I remember one line. It said "Clothes do not a man make, but clearly show who he would like to be associated with." And then there were a lot of rules about kind of clothes you had to wear. But I remember the line. So it's true. Like, so it's true. It shows who you want to be associated with. Okay. All his clothing as mechabusa, which gives him honor. Then the Immar says had, misan, ade, hizme, when he would go out in the field among the thorns. So uh, Lamani, he would pick up his clothing so that he shouldn't get ruined the clothing with the thorns, they get stuck. You ever been in Israel and they, you know, these like thorns on the side, right? And they get these burrs get stuck in your pants or your shoes, right? He would pick up his clothing so that it should be stuck in his skin. So zeh Zah Mala in a malaruch. He says like, if, if his clothes get stuck with all this stuff, then it's gonna be ruined. If his skin doesn't so the skin will get better eventually. What, what's, the, what's he going among the thorns for? What's he going to travel among the thorns for? I don't have a raya. I'm not saying this is a push-up shot. Maybe he's taking a walk. Why would you go take a walk among thorns? But most likely, if you're taking a walk and you're walking among thorns, it's for a purpose. It's purposeful. Maybe you have to go somewhere, fine also possible that maybe you're going to check your the which then connects to our Gemara. The next stop, the next stop, where Rav Chizda, Gemara says, found, not with his Arisa, he himself found that 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 uh, he had date palm, he had this the column growing with, with the Mr. gafana. So he's going to have the same problem. So, so uh, this is what he then says. He tells his worker. He has a worker. He doesn't do maybe the actual work himself. He tells the worker. He says, "Get rid of these date palms. Cut them out. Right? Because guftni Connie Dickley He says, with my with my grapes, I can buy date palms. But like Connie guftni. You can't buy no date palms. But you can't buy." Uh, um, uh, what do you call it, with, you can't buy with day palms, you can't buy a grapevine, All right? So we see from this Gemara, that Chizdo was what, who is quite the expert in knowing the relative value of his assets. He went to check his assets himself. Perhaps he had to run through the brambles in order to do so. By the way, people use thorns, and bit, I think maybe even today in some places, that's like fences. Right? It's like uh, the ancient kind of a minefield, right? You, create, you, you, you plant the ones, in fact, at the size of uh, your, your property, and the, the animals won't cross it, the people won't cross it. Maybe that was, in part, the reason. You don't know. All right. So that opens up us to be able to talk about Fisda, who we may have mentioned, that he was wealthy when he was a, a, a beer merchant. But there's more of a Shabbos that I wanted to focus on, this Shabbos is basically Rav Chizda. But this is, is Rav Chizda. The whole thing is Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda this, Rav Chizda that. Tons of Ma'am on Rav Chizda. See how many we can get through today. But the key that I wanna bring out from all these Ma'am and Rav Chizda is that to Om Rav Chizda, Bar Bey, many of these Ma'am are, are dictated to uh, yeshiva guys yeshiva like yeshiva students the yeshiva student who doesn't have enough bread you shouldn't eat vegetables because vegetables enhances your appetite so that's what he's telling us yeshiva student make sure you don't eat veggies right, this would be great for any my, my boys to hear that but like yes Chizda says not to eat vegetables, but yeah. That's if you're very, you know, you don't have enough what to eat, don't eat vegetables because it helps your appetite. But, you know, he's not talking about health reasons or anything else. Here's the line. He says, when I was very poor, I didn't eat vegetables. And when I got very rich, I didn't eat vegetables. What do we see from this? What do I want to tie this in? I'm tying this in because we see that Ahchizda what? He worked. We know Afizda was a merchant. We know that he has fields. We know that he uh, manages these things pretty directly. That's what we've seen so far. Yes, old Pasha, agreed. Okay. And Ahchizda is also telling that he had a journey, that he was once very poor. When he was very poor, he didn't eat vegetables. And many of these aphorisms from Ahchizda are from they don't have enough bread. They just don't have enough food, right? And and, and how would he know? Because he was once one of them. Says says the Gemara. Why didn't he eat vegetables when he was poor? being Mishum I didn't eat vegetables when I was poor because it would enhance my appetite. I didn't have what to eat, so why would I eat vegetables to make me even worse hungry? When I got rich, I don't eat vegetables. Why not? He says, if I have an option to eat meat or fish, I'm going to eat a vegetable. Right? Again, the health reasons of today, he was probably not aware of, but that's what he felt like. Vegetables are poor man food. Right? Meat and fish, it's ironic. I think people have pointed out, I remember reading maybe a newspaper years and years ago, I think it was by President Obama's initial election, that was, it, it was called okra, I think was it okra? was okra. Was it okra? Yeah, there was one of the debates or whatever, and he was trying to like show like how, you know, normal he is and how reasonable and how down to earth. And he was like, yeah, it was just that, you know, the whole thing yesterday to buy some okra. And like the newspapers the next day on the, you know, the, the opposite end were like, okra? Like what kind of out of touch, you know, human being? like. But what the point was, it was a vegetable and no one ever heard of it. And in certain places, it's, it's really not a joke. You go to the store, what's the cheapest in the store? The, the lasagna, the pasta, right? The vegetables are quite expensive, right? So there will be another reason not to eat vegetables if one is poor. But in any event, Achiz says that when he was very poor, he didn't eat any vegetables. And when he was rich, he didn't eat vegetables. Because why should he eat a vegetable? It's a poor man's food if he could eat meat or fish. So he goes uh, for more lines about about people who are poor. Says, mm-hmm. somebody who's poor doesn't have enough bread like right it shouldn't cut big pieces. Um, right if somebody is, is like Mamash, there ten different sayings from from that he shouldn't eat it says Rashi we should basically eat at one time, but that's a way of satisfying him. If he's going to eat a little piece now and a little piece later, and if he's going to be hungry all the time. If he eats now, uh, the, the mm-hmm. whole amount, it's a way of, of tricking your body into thinking that you're full. But what are we really getting from this Gemara? Is the strategies that he devised for himself to be able to develop the epistle that he was, despite the fact that he was very poor. And what is clear is that he didn't become rich because of the Yerusha. He became wealthy because he worked. He developed a business, he was merchants, he had, like says, in says But eventually, he amasses a whole, you know, a whole uh, field and, and, and workers and the like. Humar says, um, uh, rafiz says, uh, at the beginning of of his uh, of his career when he was you know very poor, like says i wouldn't I, I wouldn't make a until I would feel around and see if I can have big enough piece of bread that would warrant making a profit. we're talking about that kind of poverty. Right? we're not talking about like you know whatever about uh, like hands to mouth. And Somebody had the ability, not right, to eat barley bread, right? This somebody had the ability to eat barley bread, the the and he eats wheat bread. Wheat bread, bread is fancy. Do so you know what I mean? Such a person is. Now, I don't know if Professor was said the same line when he was wealthy. His mother doesn't like Mammish in a second. But that's what he was saying. Right? That's somebody who's Mom is so poor, right? That, that everything has to be you, if you have a dollar, don't spend it on the wheat bread. Buy the barley bread, right? You can buy more bread. You can last longer, right? Papa, the Papa joins in on this one. He says anybody could drink beer, Vishasti Kamra, and drink the expensive wine That's not that this is not correct. is to go for other doesn't like it, the pushes that away. But we see on the opinions of Raphizda that how sensitive he was to poverty. Any more goes more line. So Am the Barbe Mishka. In those days they used to anoint themselves. They would anoint themselves. That's how they make the skin I feel good. I'm not exactly sure. So somebody doesn't have he doesn't have oil to anoint themselves, right? To, to rub in the skin. That's what today is called skin cream. They don't have the skin cream. Right? So what should he do? Name be spin my Rashi says he should he should, um, he should uh, get the water from the garbage, the garbage water. That has a lot of stuff in it. Rub that on it. Again, it sounds gross, but the point is that what we're getting out of this is, is all these advice from Chizda to people who were in suffering in the same strait that he was one. Again, whether he said these lines when he was wealthy he said his lines before this thing is different. The point is that we see if you connect these demars together, you're seeing of. Your evolution in his own life, right? From somebody who wouldn't eat vegetables when he was really wealthy because he can eat meat, to somebody who said, if you don't have enough the skin cream, just take dirty water because there's enough junk in it to be able to anoint yourself with it. And, and, and don't eat wheat bread right, when you can have barley bread, right? Don't eat a vegetable. It's gonna enhance your appetite. These are unbelievable lines, right? From a person whose mama suffered dire straits of poverty. So i the Barbe Unto, Lisbon unka, when you're going to buy meat, right? the yeshiva guy is going to buy some meat and doesn't have enough money to buy a good piece of steak. So you know what he should do? He should buy the unka. Rashi says the unka is the tsavar, is the neck. The, the gargala, I guess. I don't know exactly what it's called, the neck. The In the neck, you have three different types of meat. I remember reading a book. Um, the author was called Beverly Cleary. Anybody ever hear of it? Ramona Quimby? Yeah, you heard of the book? There's like a whole series of these books. So I remember in the book, she was talking about how much she hated, uh, I think it was called pot roast. I still don't know what pot roast is. I had so much roast in the pot, I hated it, screaming about it, like, terrible food. Pot roast Monday, pot roast Tuesday, pot roast. Like it's kind of like every day she has pot roast. Like you eat meat every day and she's complaining about it. It's like an American problem. You know, but it says Rabbi you go to the butcher, you're the you're the sheba student who doesn't have enough money to get to get the steak, but you want to taste something that maybe gives you a little bit of flavor, a little bit of difference. So ask him for the ask him for the neck part of the cow, it has three different types of meat. I have no idea, anybody knows that neck part of the cow? I don't even know, what it's called. maybe. Somebody should go to the aisle one butcher and ask what to call the next piece of the cows and pay for the meat. Uh, this, is, this is his advice. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. No? Somebody who's going to go buy a yeshiva suit doesn't have any money. He, he needs to buy a new, a new cloak. He needs to buy a new suit. So what, what kind of a suit should he get? Where should he get the suit? He should get it from the place an area in that place called Nahar Abba, from the river Abba. Why should he get it from there? Because it was a very good material that was grown, it was very sturdy, and uh, it would last him a while. So in other words, you should get it from a place where it's gonna be the most lasting value for your soup. In the khiyar, he says, This is where I want to get to Mr. Maher, this is maybe one other unbelievable line of we we'll, we'll touch on. The says, so if his, uh, says to the says to this Barbe Rav. He says, he's "Giving it back to any Yeshivas in his time. If you want to have a good tooth that's going to last? You get it from this place near the near the River Aba, and and wash it every thirty days. All right, is that a thing you can get it in the store? All right, beef is not the same as that's from a different part of the body. So we have to find out what beef snack is. I have to my wife, we use beef neck every slightly have a Sure. beef, big serve in restaurants? it's a very kind of steak. It's a steak? Huh? Sure steak is the neck? Alright, we have what to look into. More expensive. Ah, okay. For real. That's very interesting. Okay. That is very interesting. All right. So he says, um, so what you should do is in the clothes in Yemen, you should wash it every 30 days, the suit that you get. Wash it. Then the fatulate um, it's gonna it's gonna make it fatter, which means uh, it's gonna make it better, better, better suit. The more you wash the suit, the better or the stronger become the fatly treshia kishasa but i no says ra president i will guarantee that anyone who's going to buy the suit from this place near the river aba and is going to wash it every 30 days i no arva i ain't guaranteeing him ani ar says rashi bidava shednis kai emloi shona stema va to pateo shed stark with that I guarantee he will not need another suit. One second. Huh? Oh no, you're saying it not the right way I want to hear it. What is the ability that he had to guarantee that he knows that if you're getting a suit from this river Abba that you wash it every 30 days gonna last you a year, no problem? How did he know? He did it. Where do we find such a thing like this? Somebody else says I need Aravloy. I'll tell you, the Ramam says, all right, you remember the Raman? Rama. Rama the unbelievable Ramam, Ram with your life. The Ram didn't know Musa, where we have Musa today. He includes everything in the Mishnah and there he has Musa. He says how you should live, how you should eat. Don't eat all fruit. He thought it was too sugary. It was more medical than before. Um, so he says what eating and drinking and having relations and all things. He goes through everything how a person should do. And after, what does he say? If you do it this way, I guarantee you, says Maimonides, you'll be healthy and you live, again, you have genetic disease or whatever, you can't control for that. But I guarantee you that you live a healthy life and you live out your years in health. So guarantee you, if you be heart disease and then those things that come from all the food, you won't have it. So this is a physicist, he's, he's preceding the Rav by 800 years with a, with a guarantee. Huh? Yeah, okay. So I, I find that to be amazing. Um maybe the Raman got it from the singer of Fizda guarantee. I don't know. Anyhow, the the Gamor ends off again with some more um some more uh advice from Kisda. Uh this is uh in the area of Shalom bias. Kisda had daughters, Gamar tells us that Fizda liked his daughters four daughters, more than sons. so he told them a lot of different things that they should do. Um he says how they should be around their husband, and um, he also told them at the end of this kumar how they should entice their husband. It is an unbelievable kumar that Rav talks in this way to his daughters. But that's not—he didn't just teach them how to act appropriately in the world. We told them how to act appropriately in intimate situations. Gave them advice, which again, as a parent, as a pedagogical matter, you're. Taking a few things from this Gemara: Number one, that Rakhizda had this kind of conversation with his daughters. Number two, well, obviously people knew about it. The Gemara felt the need to record it for posterity, and we have it in part of this entire sugya that's all about Rachizda. The Gemara concludes that Rakhizda told his daughters, If you have, if you have a pearl in one hand." And a clod of earth in another hand. What should you show the person? What should you show your husband? Arganisa, show him the pearl. But if like, don't show him the clod of earth. Adam Sare until they're very agitated. What does it mean? What is he trying to point out? He's trying to say that in the way people interact with each other, people always want something that they can't have. This is the nature of human beings from time immemorial, nothing has changed. And make sure that in your relations with your husband, that your husbands are always desirous of you. And if you, and it's necessary to play sort of a mind game or whatever, whatever the proper term in English is, or to uh, be flirty, then that's, I think, a better word. Koi, then, huh? then do it. That's koi the fish, uh, I'm kidding. That's C O Y. I got it. Um, so that's 100% what you should do. And that's how the Gemara concludes. A whole page of business advice, and and it concludes with this one. I know we're uh, on our time. we started a little later because to of the Rosh uh, So again, if anybody's around on Shabbos and don't have a Harusa, our topic this year is going to be in the and what I call the uh, clickbait, that's what's called when somebody's trying to get somebody's attention. It means that how, uh, how does this apply in modern day age of what they say, uh, looking to the government when it comes to paying your taxes, looking to the government when it comes to putting on your mask with corona, looking to the government in Israel, is to the food in Israel. Does the Mahfuta, uh, nowadays in relation to, when a man's retire himself and go uh, marry a shift like as much as the tar says in your bunk, in the institution, right? Um, and how the sauce is actually made. How do you get to how do we come from? Shmuel, we talked about before when we formulated this then till 2000 years today how has been developed over the years, um, by the various which are uh, No, not the, job, the